Listen, I was one of those guys who started working very young. I got my first job at 14 at McDonald's and worked in various positions within the fast food operation and learned a lot. Moved from there to another job and then from there to another job and then from there to another job. So by the time I get to my 20s, I've got a diverse range of work experience. But it wasn't until I'm in my 20s and I get into banking that I found a professional home, a place where I really thought, okay, I'm going to be in this industry, in this sector for the long haul. Well, I'm learning a lot. I'm getting licensed and I'm helping business owners and families chart a financial future. And then being successful in that world led to peer recognition, promotions, and even being recruited by other banks and institutions. So imagine this, I am doing what I think I'm going to be doing for the long haul, and then suddenly all that gets upended. And the question becomes, okay, who am I now? Well, at this point, I'm married, we got a mortgage and all these different responsibilities. And that question, that question of who am I now, I realized had a whole lot to do when or do with when the thing I thought I would be doing, I wasn't doing it anymore. And as a man, that was confusing and perplexing. That was frustrating. Well, I'm excited about this episode because we're going to speak to this. So who who is this episode for? Well, this is for husbands, men who are struggling as they are maybe in transition and stepping into business, building business with their wives, but secretly and inwardly and possibly unknowingly frustrated because they don't know exactly where they fit in. And this is like new territory. I get that. And why is this important? Well, this is important because unless we identify the source of our frustrations, we will never be able to address and clarify And if we can't address and clarify it, then what are our roles and what will that look like? And how are we going to be productive and how are we going to be profitable as we build this business with with our wives? All right. So how is this going to help? Well, this is going to help by uncovering what is often foundational to our frustration and then put us on a path to fixing it. All right, brothers, y'all ready to get into this? Let's go. So the big question is this. How do married entrepreneurs like us who have decades of business building experience, how do we break through common communication, productivity, and profitability barriers all while living powerfully in sync? That's the big question, and this podcast is the answer. You see, even if just one of you is called to entrepreneurship, the family is called to entrepreneurship. No, the goal is not the almighty dollar. We're aiming for the almighty impact. What's up? This is O.L. and Sway Buckley. Welcome to the Married Pernod Life Podcast. Marriage Marketplace Ministry. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is O.L. Buckley of MarriedPernodLife.com. Yes, this is where we help mission-minded married entrepreneurs, those of you who want to get more clarity, generate more income, and yes, you want to leave a lasting impact. That's right. Married entrepreneurs, they come to us to sync high-level systems with laser-clear strategy to build out their businesses, but they want to do it purposefully, powerfully, and profitably. So whether you are an entrepreneur, spousepreneur, or a couplepreneur, you are absolutely in the right place. And in case you don't know what those are. Indiepreneur is where the two of you are building individual businesses. Spousalpreneur is where one of you is building the business and the other is supporting and working a nine to five. The other is couplepreneur. And that's where both of you are building one business 
and you're doing that together. So whether you're indie couple espousal, you are in the right place, and we are just glad that you are here. Now, in this episode, we're calling this edition the Husband's Huddle Edition. I'm interviewing my friend Phil Bynes. Phil Bynes is now the CEO of Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. And the reason I say now is because before he became CEO of Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, his wife, Shea Bynes, was the CEO of Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. So you can imagine what that transition possibly was like. I'm not going to tell this story. I'll let him share it with you. But point being, there are all kinds of complexities that we as men deal with when we're married to entrepreneurs and or building a business with our wives. And so Phil is joining me to help unpack, uncover, and provide insights and wisdom, brothers, so we can build this thing out. What is this thing? Our legacy. And do it in a way with our wives that is purposeful, powerful, and profitable. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into this Husband's Huddle Edition. Welcome and excited to be here with my friend, Phil Bynes. Phil, welcome to the Mayor Life Podcast. Thank you for having me on, my brother. Absolutely. Let's dive in. Let's get down to brass tacks, as they say. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. Give us a little bit of background here, how you came into the position and maybe what life, what you were doing prior to and then transitioning into and so forth. Sure enough. So I'll say once again, my name is Phil Bynes. I'm husband to one wife and I have three girls. Um, I've been with my wife now since high school, you know, since we've wow. been 16. I don't think as I knew far that. As, oh, <laughs> you didn't know awesome. that. Yeah. High school <laughs> sweethearts. And um, and so, you know, life and business is, is always been, you know, since we've been together and we and, you know, she's helped raise me. I like to say that because <laughs> I feel like sometimes men feel some kind of way about being trained by a woman, you know, but I'm also training her. Right. Um, but we've been together so long. We've we've walked out this journey together. So, mm-hmm. you know, fast forward, you know, I'm a massage therapist by trade okay. and my wife is a computer science um, um, engineer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she worked for IBM. And then eventually she hit a point where God asked her to leave her job. Right. And so, of course, she ran it by me. I feel like I'm hearing this. You know, what do you think? And I was, and I was like, well, if the Lord is speaking to you, do it. You know, fast forward. She left her job, you know, and she was kind of going through. We already were entrepreneurs together at that mm-hmm. time. We were doing some real estate investing. Um mm-hmm. But when she got freedom and more time, she thought, OK, well, God has me leaving my job to do that. So she went hard after it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was doing a whole lot of work, not getting a lot of results. Eventually, what happened is, you know, after not getting the results, she paused. She's just like, OK, what am I doing here? Because the Lord said, are you done yet? She's like, well, yeah, that's right. You called me to leave. I didn't ask you what. Why did you call me to leave? And shortly after that, you know, she had a conversation with her co-founder and Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur was formed. You know, she stepped into the role of partner for a while and they grew the business. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, eventually, you know, it was time for her to transition. And she asked me or she told me that she believed that I was supposed to become the CEO. And so I had to sit with God and get that confirmation. And so eventually that's how I got to this position being CEO. That's amazing. I know that that's a bit of a abbreviation of the story. And I'm sure there were all kinds of things mingled in there. 
as you all were walking that through. So one of the things that we've identified, or should I say three things that we've identified within Mary Pruno Live, Sway and I, is that there, generally speaking, are three, categorically speaking, types of or modes of married entrepreneurs. And so one being the spousalpreneur, and this is where one spouse is building the business while the other spouse may be supporting in some way. Sometimes that other spouse may have a nine to five and they're supporting, you know, sort of after hours. But then there's also the indiepreneurs. And the indiepreneurs are where two spouses, but they're building individual businesses. Uh, and then there's also a couplepreneurs. And this is now where both spouses are working in the same business, building it together. And I know when Sway and I got married, I was working in banking and she was, you know, had, had pretty much always had her business. So we were spousalpreneurs very early on. Then when I left banking, there was a transition to me going into my own business, which opened it up for us to be indiepreneurs. But then as a result, hence being Maripreneur Life, now we are a couplepreneurs. And so I say that to say we've touched all three and now we're occupying two of those spaces. Where would you say you all are if we were using those categories? Is it couplepreneur? To what extent, how much or lesser degree would Shay be involved still in KDE or what does that look like? Yeah, I would say we've touched on all three as well. And currently we're in the, the last two tiers that you talked about. In KDE, we're working together within KDE. She works more of an advisory role, but she fits in wherever she sees a need. And she'll ask me before she jumps in. But I'm always like, come in. This is your baby. You know, <laughs> I'm just helping you to raise it. Right. Even as a CEO. And I still have my business, my separate business, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, my massage practice. And so I'm doing both of them, right? But one of the things the Lord spoke to me as I tuck on this role, I was trying to do them equally. And what he told me is, you know, your wife is taking a risk to step away from her baby. So what mm -hmm. I need you to do is I need you to take care of her baby better than mm -hmm. you're taking care of yours. And so mm -hmm. with that, I cut down my hours a whole lot in my massage mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. to make sure I'm giving you know, kingdom driven entrepreneur, the proper time and focus and attention that it needs. I think that's amazing. You having that awareness of time commitment um, and really just following the leading of the Lord, making sure that you're trying to steward your time and energy because you're all just finite beings. Right. And so we have limited energy, limited time. How then do we allocate our energy and our time? So with that being said, you know, there's some things that you and I had sort of, you know, electronically <laughs> talked about some things you shared with me about husbands as pillars. And I sort of drew out from that as you presented that uh, to me, that pillars being things that hold up structure. And then I really started looking at different verses in scripture and things that you were talking about. I'm like, wow, so we're like pillars. So we're holding up structures and frames, right? But then also, you, you know, Paul calls us to be like coverings. So it's like we're structures and we're coverings, we cover and we uphold. And so working with that whole, you know, as God was, would have us as husbands, my question is, how, how do we cover, hold up and deal with our wives in whatever aspect of business that is, whether we're supporting, whether we're maybe the ones who are 
sort of driving the business, deal with them sensitively or with sensitivity when so much of business either demands kind of or seems seems to demand kind of an edginess in order to be productive and to be profitable. Do you ever find it difficult to sort of navigate, you know, kind of I'm wearing my CEO hat, wearing my husband hat, but you're sort of moving through nuances and different seasons and circumstances yeah. with your wife. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think the thing that's helped me so much is getting plugged into identity. Right. A lot of what God has been talking to me about, even stepping into the CEO role before he told me that I was supposed to come, become CEO. He talked to me about being a father. Right. Mm. And then over time, he started to reveal to me as I come into this role, I'm going to be the father of the movement. Right. And so even before that, like when my wife was um, doing Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, her and her co-founder, I operated as covering. And the, and the co-founder's husband operated as covering. They would invite us into the prayer closet. See, they did a good job of inviting us in early, you know, recognizing uh-huh. that as the head of the house, whatever happens, the marriage, it still falls back on me. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I didn't have mm-hmm. control over the company, which is Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, I still had a res- responsibility as her covering to right. make sure that as a person, she was whole. She was healthy. She was doing the things. She was taking the time for herself that she needed to take time you know, for herself. There was a season where she was so busy. This is pre-KDE. You know, and she was really going after the real estate investing thing. And I'm sitting there having a conversation with the Lord about, oh, my goodness, I'm, what's, what's going on, Lord? She's at home, but it's like she's not here. She's doing all this work and she's super busy. And he told me he told me this prior to this. And then he gave me some more clarification. He told me anything that happens in your household, it falls on you, whether she is skilled to do it herself or not. You're still supposed to oversee it. What he informed me was I need to have a conversation with her about her level of busyness. And so then I had to go to him. Okay, like if I just say this out the blue, she's going to take offense. Oh, man. And so what you. So what he did is he gave me wisdom. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can't have this conversation with her because if you say it out your mouth, she's going to have a reaction. And if and if she has a reaction, the way that you're going to handle her, you're not going to have a reaction, but it's going to be so matter of fact that it's going to set her off more. So he gave me wisdom. He said, write down some notes on a post-it pad and put it on her laptop. <laughs> and so wow. that's what I did. I was like, sweetheart, you're working a little too much. And, you know, this, that and the other. And then when she had that conversation after chewing on it for a while, she was able to have the conversation with me without blowing up. Right. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, God gave me wisdom on what things to say. And she didn't necessarily take it right away, mm-hmm. but she sat with it. And then she's like, OK, I understand what you're saying. So what would you suggest? And then we had some understanding. You know what I mean? That's amazing that you say that. I definitely believe that that baked into wisdom is not just what we say, but when we say it. And so there's a timing aspect that is just much a part of wisdom as there is a content aspect. So what am I going to say? Right. But then when is the best time to have that conversation? And I can say, Feel that I have botched that many times. Uh, the timing piece for sure. Uh, definitely even some of the things that I've said. And so I've had to go back and really pray through, rethink, okay, when I find myself in the situation again, when is the best time to do that? Wh- wh- why do you think it can be challenging for men to, because I know that there are husbands who wives are entrepreneurs and they see all of their busyness and they're wanting to have that conversation. But why do you think there's this sometimes I mean, this is supposed to be our best friend for life, right? Why do you think there's sometimes this timidity we have 
to have this discussion about busyness. Yeah, I think the hard part is a lot of times we try to, the Bible says dwell with our wife according to knowledge or is it wisdom? Yes, knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But one of the things the Lord has been sh- showing me is that we have to move from knowledge in everything in life, right? We have to move from knowledge to wisdom. And then once we gain that wisdom, we have to move to understanding. And mm-hmm. so what helps me have these difficult conversations now is because I've, I've lived with my wife now for 20 plus years and there's <laughs> lessons that I've learned <laughs> and I've taken note of it. And OK, I won't handle it that way again. And then mm-hmm. I also ask the Holy Spirit, like, why? Why this or why that? I'll talk to him first before I even go to my wife. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I go to the Holy Spirit. I say, you need to do something with your daughter. Right. <laughs> you have to do something. And then he will begin to show me something that I need to adjust to myself. Mm-hmm. So then after I make that adjustment, he's doing the work on her and we're growing together. And so at some point I can have that conversation with her because he's already showed me what I need to work on in myself that would allow me to have the conversation correctly. Right. Because sometimes we can say the things for the right reason. We can have the right motives. But like you said before, if we're not expressing it right and we're not taking into account her upbringing or where she comes from or how she handles criticism or your tone or any of that stuff, then you can do all the all the things that are great, but you didn't do it right. And then you run into problems. And so I think uh, more men just need to take the opportunity to speak to the Lord. Right. Mm -hmm. About everything. Like yep. come to him about everything. Any anyone that lacks wisdom, that about everything, <laughs> right? But sometimes we compartmentalize our lives and we don't right. do it for every aspect of our life, right? But if we do that, he'll give us wisdom on how to approach it, and we don't have to be timid or scared. Like one of the things I, I had to learn, like when when the Lord told me that everything that happens in my house falls on me. It was shortly after my wife left her job. She wasn't making the income that she was making because she was always making more money than me. Right. So I was used to her having more money. Mm -hmm. Right. But we had this lifestyle that Mm -hmm. I was not able to take care of, you know, doing the work that I was doing. And so there were some things, though, that she needed to be able to take care of. Like Mm -hmm. she wasn't processing it correctly because she was short circuiting. She's a master planner and strategist and all the rest of that Mm -hmm. stuff. But when you don't have the resources and you're that type of person, it can cause you to short circuit. And me, on the other hand, I I was able to do triage. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, why don't we do this or why we wouldn't do that? Right. But the Lord told me it's like. You've put all this burden on her shoulders and you need to take some of it back. Whatever happens in your household, it falls on you. And so I had to get wisdom on, oh, she can't handle this now because of this. So let me take this off your plate, sweetheart. How can I help Mm -hmm. you? How can I serve you? And in serving her, it it freed her up to become who she's designed to be again. And I think that's a that's a big part of the process. When the Lord says the person that's going to be the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all, I take mm-hmm. that seriously. And I believe that mm-hmm. as husbands, if we take that seriously, instead of allowing our wives to serve us or outserve us, and we decide that we want to be the greatest in our household as well as in the kingdom and serve them, God will also, you know, bless you for that. You can't serve someone and then not receive honor and be served yourself. And I think that's the part that we miss sometimes trying to be the man or what society says the man is. Right. I'm so glad you said that that you did. And thank you for sharing that in keeping with what society would say is to be the man. Let me just ask you a simple question. As husbands, are we required to make more money than our wives? Only if the Lord says so. So that's the challenge, right? (laughs) That's the challenge, right? The Lord made us unique. He made our union unique, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be coming together and becoming one. 
Mm-hmm. But my one looks different from the man down the street's one. But if I'm doing a comparison, if I'm looking at someone else or looking at a model and saying this is how it should be, right. then I'm always going to be frustrated because I'm not going to be in alignment with what God put us together for. Let no man put asunder what the Lord has put together. Absolutely. Like, so we can't <laughs> we can't look outside. And that I think that's the challenge that people have, not just men, but everyone has when we compare ourselves by someone else. We're always going to come short of the, of the mark that God has for us. But if we compare ourselves based off of the identity that God is speaking to us, we'll hit the bullseye of the mark every time. I, I, I so appreciate that response. I think we tried to make sort of a one, one size fits all answer to this. And we assume that the one who generates the most income or the one who is the leader of the house, if you will, should be the one to generate the most income. And that's always the case. I mean, even statistics show that by and large, many women are actually, uh, and there's all kinds of reasons for that. One argument you could say is because of their education, which typically skews more to women, at least at recent statistics I'm aware of. So it's not unthinkable that women would be generating high revenues. Here's what I'm interested though, is I know that for a lot of men that can be a spot of insecurity or a spot that reveals their insecurity, let me say it that way. Whether they want to call it, they want to identify it that way or not. <clears throat> but can insecurity or how does my insecurity hinder the growth of the business when if my wife has the economic driver and she's sort of, and by that I just mean the one who really has that passion for business, really shown giftedness in that way. Can my own insecurity be hindering the growth of the business, which in effect affects the house? Sure. Your insecurity, a lot of times will lead to pride or vibrato, right? That, you know, well, I have to show, right? We'll try to be something. We'll try to look like something and we'll try to be it instead of just being, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Lord has called us to be someone. And if we just fall into the identity of who he's called us to be, all the other pieces will fall into place. But a lot of times we'll try to do something because we think in that doing, that's how I prove. Right. And so if we're insecure, that's what it's going to lead to. And the only the only cure for insecurity, I believe, is getting find out who your who's your real identity. Because yeah. if, you know, it says in him, we move, we live, we have our being. Right. right. So if we're living and moving in him, he'll guide us to exactly where we're supposed to be. And if we're exactly where we're supposed to be, it doesn't matter how it looks on the outside. We've already attained success. Like, so in Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, we have this formula that we call the success formula. Mm -hmm. It's faith plus obedience equals success. That sounds so simplistic, but that's the way that we have to live our life if we're going to be kingdom people, right? Mm -hmm. Kingdom individuals. Mm -hmm. Without Mm -hmm. faith, it's impossible to please God, right? And Mm -hmm. the way that we prove that we love God is by obeying his word. So with those two, we're going to hit success because the other uh, scripture, you know, God is not mocked. What a man sows, he he shall reap. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is as we do those things, we reap from God, right? And Mm -hmm. we'll find great success. But anyways, I'm I'm preaching now. No, no, no. I I appreciate you laying that out because what it sounds like you're saying is, is that we don't take our definitions of success from worldly models but we take our definition of success from a kingdom model, from a godly perspective. So God's word leads us in that way. So my success may not look like your success. Your success may not look like my success. And this is something that I often have to remind myself and I share with other people too, that greatness is not defined numerically in the kingdom. Greatness is defined by faithfulness. We want to hear well done, good and 
faithful servant. It's the faithfulness that God says, that's what's great. And so as he lays out and, and bestows blessings upon us through to your point about faith plus obedience equals success. I think if we take a kingdom perspective on success, which is what it sounds like you're saying, then faith and obedience, God has assured us of that. But we can't look at it exclusively, not even primarily from a worldly perspective. We have to look at it from a, with that in mind, prior to becoming CEO of KDE, what did you notice about yourself when your wife was CEO and now that you're CEO, what did you notice about your own maturation or growth? I mean, maybe one thing, if you want to share that or two, how are you different? Yeah, so I would say it, I would take it a different perspective on this. So when mm-hmm. my wife was CEO, I would just lay stuff that I saw before her, knowing that it's not ultimately my decision to do it. This is her baby. God gave it to her. Mm-hmm. But this is what I see, love. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I would share with her and whatever stuck, she would take hold of and and whatever didn't stick, she would just let go. And I gave her the freedom. I'm like, hey, I'm not saying this is from God, but this is what I see. And I'm presenting it to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would give her insight or I would counsel her in her business, but I gave her the right to make the final decision. Now that I'm the CEO, she has to do the same thing. Right. As mm-hmm. an advisor, she comes in and she's helping me and she's like, well, have you considered this or have you considered that? Right. But mm-hmm. ultimately it falls on me. OK, well, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. But, you know, the cool thing is I believe that God brought me into this role, not because I have so much new insight is to help mm-hmm. mature the seeds that she's already planted. So I'm coming in and I'm supporting it. Like, and that's why he spoke to me about being the father of the movement because, mm-hmm. okay, she's birthed this thing. She's nourished it. She's loved on it. She's brought it to a certain point. And now father needs to come behind and help to grow it up. Hey, I, I'm not changing your, Hey, you're too old now. I'm not changing your diaper, you know? Oh, and then I'm trying to help them get to the point where they can leave the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically. right? <laughs> Metaphorically. So that's, that's the difference. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Like, he, but he spoke to me out of my identity first. That's why I was able to step into this role and, and be comfortable in how I do it. Cause I do not do it like my wife. She is a, she's more of a business person than I can ever be. Right. Mm-hmm. But I operate in, in my giftings and I pull her in on, in her giftings. Right. And I think that it works either way. Right. If she was still the CEO, she pulls me in in my gift. And I feel like if we, if we think more like that, like we're one, we're not two individual parts, but we're one, we can right. flow more more interchangeably like that. And we'll have more successful, you know, businesses and marriages. Phil, as husbands. I hope that answered your question. No, it does thoroughly. And I, and I appreciate it, which is why I'm presenting this question to you. Cause you, you said it multiple times already. And I just want to, I want to make sure that it's crystal clear, true or false. And then you can expound how you will true or false as husbands, our identity comes from our role, or let me say, does our identity come from our role? No, our identity can't come from our role. The, our identity has to come from the person that designed us, right? <laughs> so God knows what he's put inside of us <laughs> and we have to allow him to pull those secret things out, right? Right. right. It's like he, he's hitting a lot of gems in there that we don't know about that. There's still mm-hmm. a bunch of gems in me I don't know about. And they only get a chance to come out as I tap into this identity that he is highlighting. He was like, Hey, I want you to look at this a little bit more. I know, you know, you're a father, but these are the things that fathers do. And Mm -hmm. this is how I want you to do business in this capacity, right? Because we have many assignments over our life. And sometimes what's needed for one assignment looks different from what's needed from another. So we can't 
get our identity from our roles. If we do, we're going to become frustrated or we're going to stay in places where longer than we're supposed to be there. Oh man, you just, I'm I'm not even going to go down that track because I have done that. I I was definitely guilty of that. Um, And that could be a whole nother conversation. The husband who is married to a woman who has really an economic driver, passion for business, clearly gift for business. What bank of experience do you have as to how that husband can better support his wife in that business endeavor? I would say like we have to do a better job of listening to what our wives are trying to accomplish. And then spend time pondering that with God, because as the head, he's still giving you place. Even if you don't operate in that business, you have as a king, you have the ability to decree. She falls underneath your jurisdiction. So you can decree a thing and help bring things into alignment. But we have to do it from the right place, because sometimes we can decree wicked stuff. Right. (laughs) But if we're we're attached to what God is saying, then we'll decree the right things. But. I would say that we just have to, you know, really listen to our wives, hear what they're trying to do, then consult the Lord and hear what he's trying to do or where he's trying to take her. Right. Who's the person he's trying to create her to be and then find a place to interject in that space. I'm going to leave it right there. I won't add anything else to that. And I really appreciate that. What's up next for Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur? Where are you taking this thing, Phil? My role as CEO is all about connecting the dots. So where are we right now? How do we get to the next point that we need to go to? How do we get to the next point, right? Because all the big vision has been laid out. My wife has done a great job of setting a culture, setting a foundation. And all I'm trying to do is connect the dots to, okay, how do we get the people? We are saying this and they hear it, but how do we get them to the point of understanding so they can operate in it? Or as a business, this is what we say we want to do, but how do we get from just saying it to actually being able to produce it? And so that's pretty much my whole role. Right. And I believe once I once I get to the point where the children have grown up enough, you know, I'll probably be leaving this role. I I think I have three to four years max in this position. And so what's next for me is identifying who's going to be the next CEO and helping to raise them up. Yeah. Multiplying. Yeah, absolutely. How can people get in contact with you? How can they find out about Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur? Well, to find out about all things Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, you can go to the website, kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com. If you wanted to reach out, you can do it at info at kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com. And that goes to our operations officer, but she forced stuff onto me that's for me. But those are the best ways to, to reach out to us and connect to what we're doing. And social platforms, podcasts. Oh, Yeah, we have the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. You can find it on all your podcast outlets. And as far as social media, you can find us on Facebook at Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, you know, as Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. Also on Instagram with the same Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. And me personally, you can find me as Phil Bynes on Facebook. Man, I appreciate you spending time with us uh, here at American Life and sharing with us. I believe, man, that this is going to be helpful to many husbands. And uh, I just thank you for your time and for your insights and for your wisdom. All of God's best to you, my friend. Thank you for receiving me. Did you know Cabbage Funding reports that one third of U.S. small businesses say Q4 is the most profitable time of year? Now, can you relate? If not, listen up, whether it's one spouse or both building the business, you're building a life together and business is an intricate part of that. So as married preneurs, yeah, we want to have strong businesses. 
and strong marriages. Well, both depend on systems. So we're here to redefine what strong means, what it requires, and what it produces. And we invite you to get equipped in our Finish Strong Masterclass coming this fall to a computer near you. (laughs) It's the 90-day strategy to end the year with accelerated profits in record time for marriedpreneurs. Yeah, so whether you're struggling to streamline your business operations. Or maybe you're guessing daily at what to work on. Or you're scrambling, trying to figure out your unique wealth roles to no avail. Or you're finding it difficult to be 100% present on date nights because you're consumed with unfinished business. Well, all of those require systems. Systems for productivity and profitability. They create the strong foundation needed. So if this is for you, go ahead and save your spots at finishstrongmasterclass.com. There are limited free seats available. Go grab yours now. finishstrongmasterclass.com. Well, here we are now at Enjoying the Journey Together. This is where we give you two actionable, practical steps so you can see traction fast. All right, so... In light of all that was just shared, here's what I want to offer for your Enjoying the Journey Together actionable step. I want to encourage you, brothers, husbands, men, sit down and wives, join in and help your husbands with this. But brothers, I want you to sit down and write five things that speak to your identity. Five things that speak to your identity. And the challenge is... You can't mention anything about your roles or your functions or vocations or careers or experience or background or awards or any of that, because all of those things, as you would have learned already in this episode, do not speak to your identity. They only speak to things we have done, but not to who we are. So you're being challenged to write down five things that speak to your identity. And these five things, they don't change, even though jobs may change, businesses may change, roles may change, but who you are doesn't change. Wives, I want to encourage you to take on this same task. Hold each other accountable and write out five things that speak to who you are and not what you do. And if you want more of this Husband's Huddle content, connect with us, reach out. Social, Mary Penel Life. Website, marypenelife.com. And remember, keep living purposefully, powerfully, and profitably in sync. All right, check y'all out. Peace. Ready to drop them bars, hubby? Funny. Yeah. Yeah, we here. Hi, girl. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. It's like, hmm, okay, it's OL and Sway back again. Another episode, press play, now you in. Motion to build out your legacy. Family imply your marriage plus ministry. The content is real life in real time, yep. Mm -hmm. A little more to help you both soar and step. Same page where we know you want to be. And know it's not as easy as one, one, two, three. three. It's more like three, two, one. Where you got to plan your work, work your plan and have fun. And anything you two were called to was doable. Hit subscribe, press like, make this reviewable. Anything you two were called to was doable. Hit subscribe, press like make it reviewable peace peace anything you call to is doable press subscribe press like make this reviewable for the people in the back
Maybe. Let's see if it was recording.